have a seat. Thanks, team. Get rid of some stuff. Cool. Well, who's ready for this morning? Who brought their word? Who brought their Bible? Who's got their app? Who's got something? How about we pull it out? How good is this thing? It's called a Bible. Who's got their Bible? Okay, two of us. Me and Jim. We're going places. <laughs> so I, I love what we're going into. We're going into a time of uh, spiritual disciplines uh, throughout this month. And um, they started off uh, last week. Carolina spoke about prayer. And Josh spoke about something. It was good. Jesus. Putting Jesus first, which is a great spiritual discipline. And today I thought, well, uh, I love the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, I love the Word of God. There is nothing better than the Word of God. And so today I'm just going to give some keys and some thoughts on the Word of God within our life and how we should apply it to our life. Who knows that some of us uh, don't actually take the Bible off the shelf? Turn to the person next to you, ask them. Maybe don't, that could be too personal. Well, it's a little bit quiet here. But, but who knows sometimes is that in our Christian walk, life gets busy. Or is that just my life? Like sometimes, you know, we've got four kids and, and, and you're up. I think this morning it was like five o'clock. I hear the little pitter-patter and I'm like, it's dark outside. And, and, and Jesse's running up to me and he's like, Dad, come on, come on, come on, come on. And, and I'm like, go back to bed. I put him back into bed for another half hour. And I, I just say, to stay in bed. And he didn't get up. It was great. Until 5.30, where he comes running in. Dad, 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 I've got a poo. <laughs> Who knows that you actually just have to get up then. I thought about, mate, I could just put him back to bed, but then it could be artwork on the walls. It could be anything. But, you know, we better do something about this situation. Uh, but who knows sometimes that life just gets busy. Like, it's just full. And then when it comes time to actually sitting down and going into your word daily, yeah. but it just doesn't happen. Or am I just speaking to myself here? Like, and, and then all of a sudden you get the kids, and because we've got four kids, we get them off, we get them out, we're out the door, we're at church, we're doing all this stuff. And then, you know, you go to work, you come home, you get the kids, you go to your bathroom, put them to bed, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's like, <sighs> We've got four kids. You know, you could do it with one kid. If you're struggling with one kid, please come and see me later. I'll give you my three. But sometimes it's just like life just gets you. It's just like sometimes it's like just sits there and it, 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 like, it almost taunts you sometimes. It's like you know you should be in your word, but just... And so today I thought I would like, I would like to speak about a thing that I've thought about called bench time. Because life is like a game. It, it gets busy. And, and when you're in a game, it's like you can't hear. Like, state of origin's coming up. Yeah, Queensland all the way. There is no doubt it's going to happen. Yeah, second game, they've just got to win it. Just got to be a whitewash in New South Wales. But, but I look at the game of, of State of Origin, I look at any game, and you look at the game, and, and there is always a bench, isn't there? Nearly every player throughout their history spends time 
on the bench. And, and a bench isn't a time where you're out of the game. You're still in the game when you're on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're in the grandstands, you're out of the game. Yeah. You're a supporter. You're not actually contributing. You're just, hey. But when you're on the bench, you're contributing. You're, you can be called up any time you step out into play. Right. I, I believe as Christians, we need to have time on the bench. We are called to be Christians all the days of our life, not just Sunday. So when you get up Monday, you are a Christian. And so I'm looking at bench time and I'm like, well, these players on the bench, what what is the point of having a bench? A bench is a place where where they get perspective of the game. It's where they can sit down and they, they can hear the coach. They can hear what it, when, you, when you're in the game, when you're out on the field, you know, sometimes you have little Alfie Langer running out. <laughs> One of the greats. And he's coming out to tell you what the coach has said in the box. And, and you hear it second hand, or maybe that's third hand, or maybe that, who knows when you hear something third or fourth hand, it doesn't quite translate that good. But the bench is a time where you can sit down and hear the voice of God for yourself. It's a time that you can hear. And so on the bench is a time where you can recap, recharge, refocus, step out onto the game of life, into this Christian walk and be successful. Most Christians that don't do well in their Christian walk haven't spent time on the bench. What I mean by that is that they haven't actually spent time in the Word of God. Things are going hard. You got back to the Word. And today I want to point out a few things that come from sitting on the bench. There's five things that take place when you sit on the bench. Is it when you open the Word of God? The first thing is this, is that you hear the coach. You hear the voice of God. Revelations 1, 3 says this, How blessed the reader, how blessed the hearers and keepers of the oracle words... All the words written in this book. All the words written in this book. Without the word of God, we would be spiritually ignorant, but also spiritually impoverished. Do you realize that? Without the word of God. Without the word of God. When the word of God is applied to one's life, it should bring perspective, direction, clarity, and boundaries to individuals and to communities alike. And to communities alike. On the bench is a time where we can hear God himself. We can hear the coach. It's a time we set aside where the noise is gone and it's you and him. It's you and his word. I, I, I love Jesus and his disciples, the disciples were so lucky because they actually got to sit with the coach in person. They got to sit with the word of God. And in Acts, it talks about, it says this, it says, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Is that Jesus, he proclaimed the whole will of God to his disciples. And today through his Bible, he proclaims the whole will of God to our life. If you want to know the will of God, well then how about you sit on the bench And seek out the will of God. 
We need to make sure, and this is what I, what I believe in Christian circles, we need time on the bench because we need to define the voices that speak into our life. There are, who knows that there are a lot of voices speaking in the Christian world right now? Is that you can go online and you can pick out a podcast and listen to a podcast. Or you can go on Facebook and get someone's opinion on, on certain things. And unfortunately for a lot of us as Christians is, is we're taking opinions, we're taking voices from all those and not actually filtering them through yeah. the Word of God for ourselves. Another thing within the life of the church is that there are, there are a lot of voices in the church and a lot of people are listening to the voices, but are you listening to the fathers of the church? Are you listening to the fathers of the faith? There is a difference. Is that before I'll let someone speak into my life, I want to know who they are, what they stand for, what they believe, and what fruit they have around their life. You have a lot of people that have an opinion, but they don't have fruit around their life. It's like someone coming to tell us how to run a church. Well, have you ever run a church? No, but I, I certainly know how you should do it. Like, it, it's just, you want to know the fruit. Like, next week, we've got John Morgan, you know, to us, he's a father of the faith. Is that out, out, of, his, out of his church, out, out of what he has done throughout his life, he has raised many leaders around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Jürgen from C3, who started at San Diego, you know, great communicator. He was John Morgan's youth pastor. So to me, it's like, well, okay, you know what? There's a great man of God. He's grown a church over 2,500 in the States in maybe eight years. An Aussie guy. Well, maybe John's got something to say into my life. And, and so we look for fathers of the faith and, and we look for those that have the runs on the board to, to speak in to our life. And the same as when we get back to hear is that we get here and we can have God himself speaking into our life. Is that we need to make sure that when we come to church is that, you know what, we're, we're just not entertained, but instead we're instructed. Is there are a lot of people who entertain you, but it's about being instructed in the word of God. Is that we're not moved emotionally, but rather we're moved out, out of obedience to the word of God. When we sit and we listen and we hear the word of God in our own time, we can be moved in those areas. We can be instructed. We can have clarity in what God can say to us. It's what and whom you're listening to that matters. And on the bench, you get clarity from God himself. You get clarity from God himself. Players on the bench hear the coach. The second thing, that I notice about players on the bench is that they read the play. Is that they can sit on the bench and read the play. They can read the opposition's play. They can read the team that they're against play. They, they can sit back and have a look at what is going on on the field. As Christians, sometimes we just need to step back and this is where you get clarity. You can start to read the play, read what is going on in your life, read what is happening around you. I, I love 2 Timothy 3.14. It says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learnt them, and that from 
childhood you have known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, I love it, the man of God or the person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be equipped for good work? Open the Word of God. Read the play. Start to read your Word. Start to open it up. It's Holy Scriptures. It makes us wise to salvation. Is it, you know, it's salvation. Yes, it's a decision. It's asking Christ. But also, too, it's a journey. How do we move, move on in our Christian life? Well, one way is to actually read about it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God's Word for a reason. Like, I love it. It, it. it is here. If you want to know what God's saying, if you want to know His will, open the book. Open the book. I, I used to love... Like, school is a great thing, isn't it? I, I left year 10. I loved it so much. I, I exited early. But, but I, I remember back in the day, because I was in the school in, in the 80s, and uh, back in the 80s, if you can remember back that far, some of us, some of us can't, uh, is that there was no such thing as, actually, there were no mobiles invented back then. Imagine going to school with no mobiles. How did we survive? And, and I remember taking homework home. And, and you know your backpack? You know, it's wonder we don't have back problems. Is that we have books and everything. And you take your homework home. And I remember my maths book was like this thick. It was this big, this thick. And, and we'd always take it home to do homework. Because back then you had homework. It was a state school. And state schools have homework back then. Or is it just a New South Wales thing? But, but we put it in the back, we take it home, and, and, and I used to love doing maths homework. And, and I, I'm pretty good at maths, and, and Carolina isn't that good at maths. She's good at everything else. And, and Maya loves it because she's like, I got my maths from Dad, because she's a genius. But, but, but the way that I, I, I became great at my mathematical ability is because I would take this homework book home. And we'd always have to do a couple of pages, but there is one thing is, is that I would always sit down with this homework book, you would open it up and you would check your homework, okay. But then this homework book, you could always flick to the back and get the answers. <laughs> I loved maths. You know, I always got 100% when I took my homework home. At school it was a little different, but at home, you know, I was acing it at homework. But sometimes we laugh, but you know what? We're actually doing life with the answers. We're actually doing life with the answers. So why wouldn't you take it home and open it up? Like sometimes I just think, you know, like if, if a teenager knows to go home and get the answers out of the back of the book, you know, Come on, we need to catch up. <laughs> and, 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 well, I used to, I, I loved 100%, but now, you know what, some of us, 
We wonder, okay, oh God, why is this? The answer's there. We wonder why some other people get prayers answered. We wonder why, you know, they've got blessing upon their... Well, they're reading the answers. They're applying the answers to their life. Yes, the answer book. Who brought their Bible today? Who's downloading an app right now? What's the password to the Wi-Fi for anyone? You know, it's, it's a time where you read the play. You read the play, you see what the opposition's doing, you see what's happening on the field. You know, it's a profitable for doctrine, for what we believe. Today, more than now than ever, we need to know what we believe. When we walk out those doors into society, we need to know what we believe. And unfortunately, some Christians don't know what they believe. They, they don't know what the Bible says. They, they don't know. They need to take hold, devour it. I was talking to Carolina last night on the couch. And I was just reading through a few things and a few political things that are happening around the place. And I came across this article and, and uh, one of our political leaders sort of stopped short. I don't know if he stopped short, but came close to calling uh, uh, people that, that are against the redefining of marriage as extremists. I was like, I'm an extremist. When did I become an extremist? I sat on the couch and said, babe, you know, you could be an extremist. But I was thinking more than ever today, we need to know what we believe. We need to know what the Bible says. We need to take hold of what it is. Because as soon as we put our privileges over our principles, we lose everything. And unfortunately, that's the way society has gone is they don't realise the privilege that we have to live in the country we have. And so they're eroding the principles that uphold it. And as soon as those principles are er eroded, we lose the freedoms that we have. And so we need to be able to know what is in the Word of God. We need to be able to read and take hold and apply it to our life. And it makes us complete, thoroughly equipped for good work. Who wants to be thoroughly equipped? Yeah. I, I hate doing anything dodgy. Yeah, I, dodgy work doesn't last. Yeah. It doesn't last. You've got you know, you to go and fix it again. You might as well do it properly the first time. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we get dug in to do the building here. It's not going to fall down. You, know, you get in, do it, get it done once. And so we get to do life with all the answers in front of us. I, I love this book, um, Practice of Godliness. And uh, in it, it talks about the value of the Bible. It, it talks about it. And, and uh, this author, Jerry Bridges, he says this. He says, Who can fail to learn from Abraham's faith, from David's love for God, from Daniel's righteousness, from Job's trial? How can we become godly without the heartbeat of the Psalms and the practical wisdom of Proverbs. Where better can we learn of both the majestic and the faithfulness of God than from the prophet Isaiah? 
if we are not periodically reading through the Bible, we will miss these outstanding passages in the Old Testament as well as others in the New Testament. As in the New Testament. You know what? Reading gives us breath. Studying gives us depth. On the bench, you read the play, but also you study the play. You study the play. You study the Word of God. I, Proverbs 2 verse 1. Have we got it on the screen? It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Who wants the knowledge of God? Who wants the wisdom of God? Who wants the understanding of God? It it takes something to do it. It it takes time in studying. Uh, On the bench is that you you can read the play, but also you study the play. Is there any great player, when he sits on the bench, he studies the play of his opposite? He studies the play of his opposite number. He he knows which steps he's going to take. He knows how he's going to move. And in turn, as you're studying, you know how you're going to move, how you're going to play how are you going to get around? How are you going to try? The same too in life is that when we sit down and we study the Word of God, when it comes time for us to living out our Christian life, we know how to live it out. Yeah, we've seen the play, but now we've studied and we know the reactions that we should have. Uh, I love this. It says, receive my word. It means that we need to be teachable. Is that when you're studying the Word of God, you're saying, hey, here I am. I am teachable. God, teach me. You know, you can read over it, but it takes a little bit more to say, God, teach me. The second thing is an attempt to break. We, we treasure His commands. To treasure my commands, it says. It's, it's basically we're intent to obey. We're taking hold of what it is. The treasure, the wisdom, we're putting it in with inside of us. We apply it to our hearts. Mental discipline. It's mentally taking note, applying it to our hearts. You hear David, he did that. Applied it to his heart. A prayerful dependence is that we cry out, we lift up. Is that in this time on the bench we can just cry out to God, come on God, right now, show me. Hey, this is the situation happening in my life. What do I need to do? How do I need to apply things to my life? Diligence. We seek and we search for hidden treasures. You know, sometimes we need to just go that little bit deeper. Why someone else has a better revelation than you or a different, not, not necessarily a better revelation, a different revelation, is because they're seeking different things. I love the Word of God because every time I study the Word of God, I find something different. I find a new facet of who God is for me in my life. Is that when we study the Word of God, it opens up to us a world that we never knew. 
but we have to be diligent in doing that. You know, we go to, we go to university to understand. So why wouldn't we go to the Word of God to understand Him? Why wouldn't we do that? If we are not in His Word studying, how are we ever going to understand His ways? How are we ever going to understand His ways? And number four, on the bench, and I'll finish on this one if I get the keys up, is that you memorize the play. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David cries out, I've hidden your word in my heart. For some of us, we need to hide his word in our, we need to meditate on his word, we need to put his word in our heart. Is that when his word is stored up in our hearts, it enables us to grow in every area of our Christian life. In times of trial, we don't have to look for a word. We know and we have the word inside of us. I look at the life of Jesus as he was the word and the word was inside of him. And when come time where he was led out into the desert, into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit and he was tempted by Satan. And Satan took him up and he tempted him three times. And those three times, Jesus came back with the Word of God. Is that when the temptation came, the trial came, Jesus looked him in the eye and said, It is written. Hey, just turn these stones into bread. He was hungry, he'd been 40 days without food. Could have done that. But he turns to his tempter, he turns and says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that precedes the mouth of God. Satan goes. While longer, a little while longer, he comes back and tempts him again. He's tempting him with riches, with kingdoms. Jesus again said, it is written, we shall not worship any other than the God. And him alone you shall serve. As soon as the word is spoken, Satan backs back. He's gone. What word Do you need to speak to your situation? The third time Satan comes back, tempts him. By now, he's had enough. And he just draws a line in the sand and just says, you know what? I am God and you shall not tempt the Lord your God. For some of us, we just need to sit on the bench. Fill ourselves. Step off the bench. 
and play the game. With the word in our life. What scriptures do you need to speak into your situation? Right now, you may need help raising children. You know what? God told me this through his word in Proverbs on how to raise kids. Just read it. Right now, your marriage could be on dire straits or your relationships could be falling around you, out around you. Maybe it's with kids. Maybe it's with whoever it is. Again, the word of God can help you. Or, or maybe it's one of those things is that when something raises, you just cower back and it's like, no, you can't handle this and fear grips your life. And you need to step forward and declare the scripture. See, the disciples had it easy. They had the coach with them. They're crossing the lake. The storms arise. He's asleep in the boat. They're there. They're like, hey, we're going to sink. We're going to die. This is it. It's all over. Quick, someone wake him so he doesn't drown asleep. And then they wake him and he gets up and he just says the word, peace be still. Maybe that is the word God has for you today. So your world is blown up. Your, the storms of life are crashing down. You just need to go back to the word, take hold of the word of God and what he says to the storms. Yeah. Peace be still. Peace be still. And my fifth one was meditate. Joshua 1, verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How's that? Make your way prosperous. You have good success. And I, I want to tell you, it's not about financial success or financial prosperous. You know, there are a lot of wealthy people and they're still bankrupt. You'll be prosperous in your relationships. You'll be prosperous, yeah, in your business. You'll be successful in your marriage. He will abound. You have to meditate on it as well. Day and night. Day and night. I love George Washington. He said this, It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. I love how he made that statement as he was president of the United States. But I look at it and I think, wow, how can I rightly govern my own life without God and the Bible? How can I rightly govern my own life without God and the Bible? Because the Bible is his word, is in his instruction book. It's the answers to life. On the bench, it enables you to see things as God sees them, which in turn clarifies what He wants you to do 
and why he asks you to do it. In other words, on the bench, through God's word, you discover the why behind the what. You discover the why behind the what. Today, church, would you add the discipline of the bench, the bench, into your daily routine? And it doesn't have to be hours. Maybe it could be five minutes. Maybe it could be just one verse. But spend some time meditating. Spend some time memorizing. Spend some time having the scripture, having the time to hear the voice of God in your life and see your world prosper and see success come in every area, in every area. Father God, I thank you that we have an amazing church. Lord God, I I thank you that that our desire is to follow you, that our desire is to know you more. And Lord God, as we move through this life, Father, I, I pray that we step into you. Lord God, that we set time aside to hear your voice, to read your word, but but not just the breadth, but the depth. And we come into studying who you are and who you've called us to be. And as we study, Father, we memorize. And then we meditate as we walk out our days so that we can be the best that you've called us to be. So that we can be Bible-believing Christians, followers of the way. So we can bless those around us as well. Today, I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God.